Hello, listeners. We've promised this episode for some time now. I think it was a topic that we've been imagining since the very conception of CNUSD EdChat. As educators and as parents, we are constantly hearing murmurs and grumblings, concerns, questions, tears, conferences. And not to mention the kids are struggling. Yes, exactly. It's the adults with Common Core Math. Maybe you've noticed that your child is taking different math courses than you did in high school, or maybe you've even struggled to help your child with math homework because everything is solved differently. Well, for this episode, we grabbed our math colleagues. We wanted to ask the Common Core math questions that some of you may have asked, whether you're a parent or an educator. Kim sat down with the CNUSD math mob, the amazing Christine Ventrilla, and Don Havenhill to answer our questions. How does the math class now that our students are sitting in differ from the class that we all sat in maybe 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago? So the biggest takeaway that we like to ask of our teachers and our administrators and even our parents when they're looking at a math classroom is who's doing the mathematical thinking in that classroom? You would see a lot more discussion and group work and interaction between students in a new Common Core era classroom. Whereas in the traditional classroom, most American adults experienced, the instruction was very direct and it was focused on the teacher's thinking. It was focused on the teacher's organization of a problem and the teacher's chosen approach to how they would solve it. In contrast today, Common Core asked teachers to solicit responses from students regarding differing approaches on how to solve a problem. With the emphasis on having the students strategically select a a tool to solve a particular problem and moving away from a one-size-fits-all approach to solving every possible math problem there is. There's very much an emphasis on uh, sense-making, reasoning. We're also moving away from merely emphasizing procedural fluency. Now that's important. We want kids to be able to rapidly perform computations, but what we're trying to do is also balance that with Uh, ensuring that one's skill is rooted in conceptual understanding. So it seems like there's new math courses. So if you're looking at uh, a math course in high school, we had courses like algebra, geometry, pre-calculus. But classes today, we have integrated math one, integrated math two, and so on. So what are these courses? What's the difference? So basically with the rollout of Common Core, the Common Core provided with two different distinct pathways and different states chose it different ways. Some states said, we're all going this way, we're all going that way. California allowed the districts to decide. And the way that the pathways work is it's simply organizing the standards in a different way. In a traditional pathway, algebra domains were all taught in algebra or in algebra two and all of the geometry domains were taught in geometry. Our district, with with the rollout with Common Core, decided to go with the integrated pathways. With an integrated pathway, we've blended the domains and the standards across the different grade levels. So students are getting both algebra and geometry in every year, and they're actually emphasizing the connections between the two domains and being able to look at problems that connect the two. The Common Core describes both of these pathways as leading to the same destination, which is exposure to all of the standards by grade 12. So we have integrated one, two, and three, followed still by pre-calculus and calculus statistics, that kind of thing. So those haven't changed. It's just the ninth, 10th, and 11th grade years that have gone integrated. And an example that we like to give to uh, parents or people who are curious about it is if you were to take all of Algebra 1, all of Algebra 2 and Geometry and dump them into a blender 
and blend it up really nice and creamy and smooth. And then you pour a little bit into one container, that would be integrated math one. Or the second cup, that would be integrated math two. And the remaining portion would be integrated math three. It's better that way because they're feeling both of the things at the same time. Whereas it used to be, people would be emphasizing algebra one year. And then they go to geometry, they forget all of the algebra. And they go back to algebra two, and the algebra two teachers were always having to reteach a bunch of the things from algebra. So this way they have algebra all the way through. They have geometry and statistics all the way through. So if you've been on social media at all, <laughs> um, you have probably seen a post or two uh, about some parents expressing some frustration. Um, they're Just upset yeah, <laughs> here and there um, about math instruction and maybe it stems from the inability to really be an effective parent that can help your student navigate the coursework. Um, I know that's my case but they believe parents you know I learned math a certain way and I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine today. I mean I added in a, in a row I didn't have to put anything in a box um, and I still got the same answer. So why has it changed? Why the different approach? First we would kind of challenge the assumption that Math, the way math was taught actually did work for everyone. Both of us have taught students who are both high level and very at risk students. And the students that struggled did so largely because their math knowledge was superficial. It was a messy collection of memorized facts and procedures that had no connection and it had little sense making involved. And, you know, just telling people that we are high school math teachers in our everyday life, we go to a social setting and they we get these questions about Common Core. So, yes, we're aware. <laughs> <laughs> so you've heard the concerns. Okay. Yes, definitely. <laughs> now, what we would say is that just getting an answer correct does not necessarily translate into conceptual understanding. We're sure there are many listeners out there who are unable to make calculations without a calculator or a computer at their side. We know some people and friends even that have a calculator or a little card to tell them how much to tip. Today we have many elementary students, we've gone into fourth and fifth grade classrooms and these students can calculate percentages in their head faster than you can get out your tip card. With multiple strategies, yes. they can get there in four or five different ways. Growing up in this Common Core era, these kids that are starting at the beginning is far greater than our current high school students. So you're getting better and better each year with the more strategies, the more understanding, the more fluency that's going throughout the years. And while most adults memorize the procedures that we learn from our teachers, we would say that many of us don't understand why that procedure works. Why do you borrow? Why do you subtract when you're doing long division? These are things that many adults can't explain, and they can't explain to their kids, but they don't even know for themselves. And so mathematics of all the subjects should be one that makes sense. It's based on logic. And so a student has every right to raise their hand and say, um, can you help me understand why this works? And, and we as, as professionals should be able to articulate why things work. Uh, mathematics of all the subjects should be rooted in the most amount of sense making possible. And often that doesn't happen. And so the statistics of students needing remediation at the university level are absolutely staggering, even for those students who took calculus. Uh, many of them still need to be remediated, and the Cal State system recently has radically changed their policies to address just how many students are in need of support and remediation as incoming freshmen. We have so many students who are struggling with math proficiency coming right out of our high schools. I agree with Christine. I would challenge the assumption that just because something we did is familiar doesn't necessarily mean it was the most effective way to train students in the art of reasoning. And while I certainly don't endorse everything that Common Core presents as infallible, I 
personally really love the shift towards sense making and conceptual understanding. We've also heard from parents uh, the frustration because mm -hmm. there is a lack of ability to find tutors or resources for struggling students that understand how to do the Common Core mm -hmm. type of math. And so what we would do is to say to guide parents and students to their teacher first, their teacher's former students, so the, the students, the grade level above them that have been through the course, and as well as resources such as ucube.org, uh, which is one of Joe Bowler from Stanford University's uh, website. We could also direct parents to the, the CDE website to find math resources for parents and guardians as well. Maybe that will help combat some of that frustration that parents might feel when sitting down for homework time with their kids. From a teacher perspective, what would you say are your favorite go-to resources for teachers now? And what about administrators? Oh boy, we have a lot. <laughs> yes. So, so for those of you who enjoy reading, we would certainly recommend Principles to Actions by NCTM. Uh, we would recommend a book called The Five Practices for Orchestrating Productive Mathematical Discussions by Smith and Stein. Becoming the Math Teacher You Wish You Had by Tracy Zager. Mathematical Mindsets by Joe Bowler, as well as ucube.org, which we previously mentioned. Um, OpenMiddle.com is a really great resource for problems that are open in the middle. So they have a beginning, they have an answer, but the kids mm -hmm. have an opening of how to get into it. And then also we follow a lot of people in this group called the Math Twitter Blogosphere or MTBOS, hashtag MTBOS. These are some of the great math minds. We call it like the worldwide math department. We would also encourage people to go to conferences that they can. Uh, we are fortunate to here in Corona Norco to be approximately an hour and a half from Palm Springs. And so every fall there's the CMC South Math Conference. Uh, we would invite teachers to, to certainly try to go to. All of us that are on the Corona Norco math team presented this past year. We had two different presentations we're excited about. Definitely get involved with professional organizations. Join NCTM. And there's just so much uh, professional learning opportunities out there on Twitter if you're just willing to just dive in. There's also Facebook groups that we follow as well. So At the end of each interview, we have a segment called Tomorrow, This Week, This Month. With so many changes to 21st century education and learning, what advice can you give to teachers or families to try tomorrow, to try this week, and to try this month? For teachers, for tomorrow, we would say pick a problem from openmiddle.com and pose it to your students. For this week, we would challenge teachers to listen to student ideas rather than only listening for a certain answer and to ask themselves, who's doing the math thinking in my classroom? And for this month, we would invite our colleagues to, to do one of several things or all of the above, to read principles to actions, to check out the Math Twitter blogosphere, or to sign up for an online course at ucubed.org from Joe Bowler. Well, Math Mob, thank you so much for talking to us today about Common Core Math. Um, so hopefully we were able to enlighten our listeners, at least open some minds today about the potentials there. Thank you for letting us share. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Christine, for sharing your knowledge about the shifts in mathematics education. We are sure you have additional questions about Common Core Math. If you do, visit our Facebook page at CNUSD EdChat to post your questions. We'll be sure to have the Math Mob respond. Right. Not me. You can post your questions on Twitter. Just tag us at CNUSD EdChat and follow the CNUSD Math Mob hashtag. Thank you for listening to another episode of CNUSD EdChat. We appreciate you, our listeners. Be sure to share a favorite episode with a friend or colleague. You can find our episodes on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts. I can't believe we're on season three already. I know. It's crazy. 
I'm Harper. I'm five, and I'm in kindergarten. Thank you for listening to C N U S T A Chat. See you next time. CNUSD EdChat is written and produced by Kate Jackson, Kim Kemmer, and me, Anne-Marie Cortez, and edited by Ken Pucci.